Hey everyone. Howdy. Welcome to episode three of the podcast. Woohoo! Still unnamed. We're no, we're figuring it out. This this episode is the one we're figuring it out. Don't tell Miss Deuceman I said howdy. She'll never let that go. Okay. So today we're talking or today. Today, this episode, we're talking about the important leaders and the writers and the trailblazers of the Berkeley free speech movement. There are a couple key ones. Uh, It's good to know their names. It's good to remember them and recognize them for the awesome work that they did. There's also a couple ones that are a little not as prominent, but are still important to know. Still important. We love the underdog here. But to talk about the big guy. Mario Savio. He was this, like the main, he, the main one. He is the main character. He leads yeah. the main character life. Um, basically, Savio had this huge coalition of students. He had a lot of support. Most of his protests were during 1964, if you look it up. Um, his, his major moves were made in 1964. So about Savio, he was a very passionate orator. He gave amazing speeches so incredible and he was known to the administration they saw him as a radical they saw him him as a troublemaker um kind of this rowdy kid who caused problems for them but in reality he lived a really quiet life and he was um a phil that's not english philosophy major (laughs) He was a philosophy major. He lived um, kind of a, pr- a very private life. Uh, his friends said that he was just a really upstanding guy. Um, and he was, resp- he's the main character. He's responsible for organizing all the sit-ins, all the speeches, all the events. And people really looked up to him as yeah. a leader. He was kind of like the leader of this movement. Kind of. Pioneer. He's a pioneer. Um, yeah, he definitely pioneered. And he had some experience too being a leader because he had been in Mississippi participating in the civil rights movement so he had kind of that experience of um, leading change and what it took to do that. He knew how to command attention he was really really a great guy. Um, He became a professor later on in life after he was suspended for the first time for causing all of this ruckus. Um, He let go of the college life became a professor Um, just really led a pretty, he was a pretty upstanding guy. Um, He spoke a lot at movements. He spoke to the crowds mostly about negotiations with the school board. So when we're talking about the board and we're talking about kind of the bad guys of the situation, we're talking about President Kerr, K-E-R-R, President Kerr, uh, who is the president of the university. And then we're also going to touch briefly on this guy called Chancellor Strong, because apparently college boards had had or have chancellors, which yeah. sounds way fancier than it probably is. Basically, Chancellor Strong was the leader of the the Regent Regent Board. Regent Regent, I can't read. The Just those people are basically like leading the administration. Um, yeah, that was like it was like students versus administration, kind of about um, the restrictions and everything that was happening, and. Um, another person who was pretty important to this movement was Art Goldberg. He was one of Savio's partners, and Goldberg was involved with student groups that pro- protested issues related to the Cold War and civil rights violations. Um, 
Another person that was important was Suzanne Goldberg. Um, I don't know if they're related or not. I don't oh know. Oh my gosh, that would be so cute. Yeah, but um, she was a grad student during the free speech movement and was appointed to the Committee on Campus Political Activity. Um, oh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, one of the first faculty members to join the, S the free speech movement was John Searle. And um, he helped lead the students against Joseph McCarthy group. Good for him. That's called yeah. solidarity right there. I want to go back to the Goldberg. So it, wasn't, it was, and I feel like that would be kind of like um, monumental as being the first faculty member to join the movement. I feel like that's, that's like a big step for mm -hmm. him to take. So I think that's interesting that he thought it had so much importance that he did that. That's huge. That's really admirable too, especially because he probably never got invited out for drinks after class after that. He really, yeah. he sacrificed he a lot of backlash. He sacrificed that social life for the greater good and we applaud him for it. Okay, I really want to know if the Goldberg, either they were a couple or they were siblings. I would yeah, love to hear or watch a movie about just completely amazing sibling duo just crushing the civil yeah. rights movement that's incredible so we have Savio we have Goldberg we have other Goldbergs not sure about the relation we're going to touch back on that um we had President Kerr and Chancellor Strong those are the bad guys we don't like them um but what was interesting about the coalition and the uh, the group of supporters of these people was that a lot of them came from other groups other activism groups. So we see a lot of core students, that's the Congress of Racial Equality. A lot of members of that movement were also involved in the Berkeley Free Speech Movement. We have the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, SN SNCC. And we have the Students for a Democratic Society. Uh, students are like members and representatives from those groups often supported Savio and supported his partners um, and often attended a lot of the protests. Um, also, what is really cool about students who were involved in other groups was that they would attend school in the spring and fall and then work for the Congress of Racial Equality on their time off. So just more evidence of how politically involved these students were on this campus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like how much, how it makes sense that they would be so upset when those rights of theirs were taken away. Mm -hmm. They're um, obviously. Another, yeah. Another group is um, TASC. Um, it stands for Towards an Active Student Community. And this was one of the first political organizations to be established during the free speech movement. And um, they addressed issues of discrimination both on campus and nationally, and specifically racial discrimination. And um, they addressed the issues of free speech being violated on campus. Good for them. We love it. Uh, one more person who is, he wasn't, he wasn't one of the trailblazers, but he's very important, is this guy called Jack Weinberg. Uh, he was also a core member. He set up a lot of tables on campus. He was very known for having those political information booths uh, on Berkeley grounds themselves. Um, you're going to hear about his arrest in the next episode. And let me tell you, I'm so excited to tell you this story. It's a very interesting story. I read it and I got so excited because that is, it's just the coolest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah. It's 
It's crazy. It's dramatic. It has, there's no romance, but it's dramatic. <laughs> it's dramatic, slightly comedic, just based on circumstance. It's a whole drama movie. I feel I'm, like it would have been like just crazy to be there when that was happening. I want to be there. That sounded, I'm not giving any spoilers away, but it's we'll it for the next episode. But one more thing I want to add for this episode is that um, part of the reason this free speech, free speech movement was so important and it was so big is because these organizations that were formed at Berkeley and that um, these students were involved in spread to other areas of the country and other colleges. Like there were um, similar organizations formed at UCLA, San Jose State, the University of Oklahoma, and like just colleges all across the country were being affected by the free speech movement. And that's also why it was so important. So cool. That's so exciting. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. See, wait, no, we need to come up with a name for the podcast. I promised myself I would come up with a name for the podcast. Okay. Um, we could go with the free speech movement prod- podcast, but I feel like that would be pretty boring. That's pretty cool. All right. So what, what, what have we talked about recently? We've talked about influential very influential people, very influential students, very important students. Um, and unfortunately, this podcast is going to retire very early, considering this is just a final project. But we will keep it in our hearts. I know. We should start our, pod- our own podcast. I would love to. I've been dreaming about starting like an actual long running podcast. Just I don't know what I would do it on though. Yeah, like guests come on your show and interview them. That would be fantastic. I'd be like a much less talented Ellen just uh, (laughs) sitting in my room talking to my friends and talking to myself for hours on end I don't think I would be seen as a very admirable character it's fine (laughs) maybe we don't come up with a podcast name anyway we're gonna we're gonna come up with a podcast name at the break we'll come up with a podcast break you're gonna hear it it for we'll have it for episode four it's for episode four we're not breaking a promise we're just putting it off bye